but we're talking about prayer and don't underestimate the power of your prayer. Prayer in the church, I think, is one of the least attended, one of the least um, activities in the church. It's difficult to pray. Sometimes, I mean, you know, if we were honest, we could all say that we're having trouble sometimes praying because there's so many distractions. You know, I can't pray. You know, my husband is cool because he can sit in front of his computer and he can pray and he's not distracted at all. I have to get into a different room. I can't be distracted. If I happen to have my phone there, it's a distraction. So I have to make sure that I've got nothing there outside of my Bible and my notebook because I'm too easily distracted. So prayer is important. And the power of agreement is even more important. And I'm going to show you with an illustration why it's important that we're all in agreement. Because sometimes if you're ever in a corporate situation and somebody's been asked to, to lead prayer, sometimes what happens is the leader's leading and then other people are praying over here. They're praying this. They're praying that. They're praying that. And it's like a tangled mess. You know, when somebody's leading, it's different like when we're all asked to pray and we pray and that's what we do. But when somebody's leading, that person should be the one praying. And everybody else should be listening and agreeing with that. And this way here, we can all pull together. And I'm going to demonstrate for you with a cord. And what's happened with our nation. And I use a lot of illustrations. That's why I get to be in children's ministry, too. Because you need a lot of illustrations for there. So, Brother Hassett, can you come up for a minute? And I need somebody else who's fairly, let's see, somebody else has got to, can I have another volunteer? Because I'm going to need, like, several. Cindy, come on up. You can be on that end. And if you can just go down a little bit. Actually, I'm going to need you on this side because you've got to be on the left-hand side. And now, Cindy, you be over here. Okay. Now, well, we can't really do that, so I'm going to trust you. If you can go sit over there, you might be able to grab them at an angle for our Facebook people. But this is our nation. Okay? Now, we were founded on Christian principles. This nation, I don't care what our former president said, this is a Christian nation. And it's always going to be a Christian nation. Not that we don't welcome other religions in, but this is a Christian nation. Now, this is what happened. Okay? This is our nation. This is our Christian. And I'm sorry. But you have to be the bad guy right now. (laughs) And what's happened with this nation, it started out because of the prayers of the saints. Bring it over here, Brother Hess. Over here. Okay? We've been over here. And we've been praying. Can I get one more praying person up here that can just kind of follow along with Cindy? Do I have anybody else who could come up here? All right, so me and come on up, Doris. You can do this. Oh, Doris! Come on. 
Y'all may be up here by the time it's over with, so don't think, well, phew, that's it. Doris took the heat off of everybody. Don't think that at all. So we had all these prayers of the saints that kept the evil in check and pulled it this way. Yeah, I need some more prayer, people. Sister Hass, could you come up for just a minute? Don't be shy. I'm not going to ask you to say anything, right? Just come on up and hook up with Doris in prayer. And that's kept this nation steady. They've all prayed in agreement. Over the years, they've prayed. Their prayers have kept evil at a force. Now, all of a sudden, prayer has been out of school in 1969, I believe. That's kind of when I started school. (laughs) (laughs) I know, funny, huh? All right. Prayer was left out of school, and we started this slow descent where now all of a sudden she's too busy to pray. You can go back to your seat. Okay. Go back to your seat. (laughs) Or actually, why don't you sit up in the front? So now she's too busy to pray. So what happened is there was a tug this way. Go that way. With our nation. Oh, see, they're still praying and holding on, though, because they're saying God's going to work. But there's still a tug. Okay. Now we had the the advent of rock and roll music. We had uh, the fabric of the society started to fall apart. She don't have time to pray either. Now she's got to go out and work a second job because now she doesn't she doesn't have a husband to support her. And what's happening is that evil is going this way and more and more. And now Cindy, she's saying, why should I pray? I don't need to pray anymore. Nobody else cares. Why should I care? Go sit down on the front row. I don't need to care anymore. So what's happened is we've dropped, just stand there, we've dropped the ball in prayer. When there was three people pulling and not having that evil come in, this nation thrived. And now we can see the chaos is happening because he's, he's in charge now. We've let the devil take over our culture. We've even let the devil take over our churches. Thank you, Brother Hass. Just, if you can sit up there, I'm, I may call you all back up, okay? So if you're, if, you're not, if you're not uncomfortable just sitting together in the front row, it's a good way to get to know each other, but don't talk. <laughs> so you can see where if we had 50 people pulling on this side, you can see what, what would happen to our country. Do you see what would happen? That's why it's important to pray in unity. And that's why it's important to pray. Because we can reclaim our culture. We can reclaim our country. Amen. Amen. And I want you to turn to Matthew 18. Because for so long, Christians have been lied to. We've been told, you know, you don't. You're a Christian. You shouldn't be in politics. You know, don't get in politics. Christians should stay out of politics. Well, what about Moses and Joseph and Daniel and Esther? The lie has been 
You know, well, you know, you keep your you keep your Christianity in your church. And what's happened is we've we've over the years we've ended up being in the church and we haven't affected the culture on a local level, school boards. Different things have been overtaken because the other side is very crafty. You know, well, you know, don't you worry about the school board. You go and pray and we'll take care of your kids. Yeah, they've taken care of them, haven't they? So Matthew 18, 18 and 20. It says, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my father, which is in heaven. For where there are two or three gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So when those three gathered and they pulled They were able to get somewhere in prayer. That's why it's important when you've got a need and you've got corporate prayer, you've got a lot of people pulling for you. You don't have to stand there and try to try to pull that chain by yourself. Try to pull that rope by yourself. You've got a community there that's willing to pull with you. And as we pull together, then we're going to get the victory. Amen. It's only when we let go of that rope and we walk away and we go, well, it doesn't. What good is it to pray? I don't see nothing happening. I don't see. No, you've left your place on the rope. Don't leave your place on the rope. Amen. You got to keep pulling. He said, whatsoever you ask for in prayer, you shall have it. Anything is conditional on it being in the will of God. Of course, it's got to be in the will of God. God doesn't permit his word to be used against himself. It's something that we agree on. And I'm going to show you as we go on that God wants this nation to be a Christian nation. He wants us to take our place on that rope and pull until we've reclaimed it. Some people say it's too late. I don't believe it's too late. I think we're getting to the point where it's almost too late. We're getting to that point where we need more people to pick up that rope and pull. You know, we don't need to be separated. You know, the, the other myth was the separation of church and state. That is not true. You know, it was to protect the people from having the state have an organized religion like they had in England. But they don't teach that anymore. And I see some of the things that they they teach kids now. It's 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 awful. Kids know more on about how to use a phone. They know more about sex than probably all of us know in this room, because the kids are being taught it when they're little. They're being taught that it's okay if you're a boy and you feel like a girl. That's okay. You know, we've got an operation for that. Once you throw this book out, then you open yourself up. To the evil that we see in the culture. You know, but unfortunately, Christians have joined in the demise, too. I mean, we're not innocent in this. I was listening to um, Christine Kane yesterday, 
and she does um, traffic. She does. Um, they rescue women who have been in sex trafficking, and the ministry is called, I think, A21. And she got onto the Christians wherever she was preaching. She said, "Here, you are watching Game of Thrones, which I've never seen." But she said, you're watching this program, which is full of pornography. And she said, and you are contributing to this because you're watching it. You know, if we're watching R-rated movies, if we're watching things that aren't good for us, we're contributing to the downside. Because why? Because we've left our place on that rope. You can't, you can't be double-minded. You have to make up your mind. There's no more time to sit on the fence and say, well, am I going to pick up the rope or am I not going to pick up the rope? If you pick up that rope, you've got to be willing to lay other things down that you've been holding on to. So she said, do you realize that pornography is not a victimless crime? And I said, good for you for saying that to Christians, because how many are watching R-rated movies? And I haven't watched one in years, and I'm not just saying that just to say it. You know, now I won't even go to the movies after the liberals have acted up so bad. I'm not putting one dollar into their box office. (laughs) But, you know, our culture has been infected. I was in Michael's yesterday, and there's this big display on gay. It's Gay Pride Month. Apparently, June is Gay Pride Month. In Michael's, of all places, a craft store. I thought, are you kidding me? And I don't shop in Target anymore. But, I, you know, for them, I expect this stuff, okay? But Michael's, it's like, well, I guess I'm going, my business is going to Hobby Lobby now. But, I mean, what what is... We're celebrating pride. I mean, they've taken over the rainbow. If you get a six-year-old kid or a seven-year-old kid and you ask them what the rainbow means, what are they going to tell you? What are they going to tell you? They're probably going to tell you it means gay pride. Our kids don't know. And it's a shame. It's a shame. But our culture, our faith, movies, video games, TV, Internet, there's all kinds of things And Christians have let it go because we've joined them in our enjoyment of these things. And we've let go of our place of prayer on that rope where we should be pulling that culture. Now we've joined that other side. You know, and then the things, let's see, I got saved in 1989. But um, it was during the you're too legalistic, you're too religious movement. So I think Christians, we tend to go from one side of the ditch to the other side of the ditch, you know, where you couldn't do nothing. Because the only thing you could do was go to church. That was acceptable. Anything outside of going to church in the grocery store, I think, was was sin. So we've gone from that side to where, all right, so now if you do any, you know, and if you don't um, do anything, you know, you're too legalistic if you just want to go to church in the grocery store and you don't want to go anyplace else now you're too legalistic so we've gone from one side to where we were so tense that we didn't want to do anything because we were afraid of the culture and the culture got out of control because we didn't participate in it and now we're on the other side where everything goes even in christianity so we're now we're too religious we're too legalistic and what's happened is the busyness and the pressure has caused apathy so we've let go of the rope, and we've let that, that culture slide that way. 
We've let the government slide that way. But we can reclaim it because we can reclaim our place on that rope. Amen? God created government. It was God's idea. God doesn't believe in anarchy. That's the devil's crowd. You know, do what you will. Do what thou wilt. That's what the devil says. That's, that's in their satanic Bible. Do what thou wilt. That's not God's way. He said, obey me and you'll be blessed. Disobey me and you're going to have consequences for that. That's what a loving person does. We've had children. Most of us have had children. You give them a boundary. God puts up a boundary for us. Why does he put up boundaries? Because he loves us. And the devil says, you don't need boundaries. You're free. And the old saying, I guess, goes, you're, you're free to sin, but you're not free from the consequences of it. But they don't ever show you the consequence of it. It's like the Marlboro man. They show him on that horse and he's smoking. They don't show him in the iron lung at the end. Sin kills. It's going to get you every time. But see, the Christians have been lied to. Now, I don't know how many Christians I have talked to about abortion. They believe abortion's okay, you know, as long as it's not late term. And it's like, wow, you've thrown your Bible away. How can you how can you say that it's okay even though it's you know it's a baby even though it's smaller it's a smaller human still a baby but they'll fight to save a sea turtle and these are our Christians because a lot of them have gone to a progressive Christianity where these things are okay well you know it's still we're not really sure about the Bible and I said no we are sure about the Bible we are sure. But this is, our young people need us to keep our place on the rope so we can pull them back and not get frustrated or just say, well, it doesn't really matter. They're just going to do their own thing. Yeah, they're going to do their own thing because you don't have the hold of the rope. That's how important prayer is. We've got to hold that rope. We've got to pull that rope for that next generation. I mean, let's face it, most of us, our lives are over. Ten years, most of us are going to be gone. Maybe 20. All right. I'm the youngest in the room, I think, so let's give me 20 years. <laughs> if Jesus doesn't come before then. But 10, 10 to 20 years, most of us are going to go be with the Lord if the rapture doesn't come first. Amen? It, it, it's not for us. We're not pulling the rope for us. Our lives are over. That sounds like a doom and gloom statement, but <laughs> I don't mean it like that. But I mean, you know, let's look at it. Our our active years when we were up climbing roofs and trees and you jumping on trampolines and doing things, those years are over for most of us. So what can we do? You might as well sit and pray because you can do that. I don't care how much aches and pains you got in your body. You can sit and pray. And if you got the Holy Ghost, you can pray for hours. Amen. And you can pray. What can I do? I can't I can't go door to door anymore. I can't do this anymore. You can pray and take your place on the rope and pull that rope. Somebody did it for you. Somebody did it for me. Now it's our turn. 
Amen. It says in Proverbs 14:34, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. I don't want to go before the Lord as a reproach because I didn't pray. I don't want to stand before the Lord and and see our culture slide down. I mean, and it's just it's crazy since our last president was elected, since Donald Trump was elected, love him or hate him. I I happen to love him, okay? I didn't I voted for him because at the time he was the lesser of two evils. Because I knew I wasn't voting the other one, and I wasn't going to throw my vote away. Actually, I had a friend who voted for Jesus because she just didn't know what to do. And I said, that's fine, but he's not running in this election. <laughs> so I, I, now I'm like a Donald Trump. I'm a Donald Trump junkie, and I am admitting it from the pulpit. I just love him. If I hear that he's got a rally on, we're on C-SPAN, and we've got to watch his rally. And he says the same thing, and I wish he'd use a different song at the end. If you've ever heard any of his rallies, he uses the same song at the end. And I said, why does he use that one with all the good songs that he could pick? Why does he pick that one? But I don't even know where I was going with that. But um, God put, I believe God put Donald Trump in office. And you could see... From the day, the night that he was elected, you could see what happened to the left because they thought, they thought that we all let go of the rope. See, they thought that that was it. And they thought they had won. And there was, that's where I was going, with all the turmoil that has been since November 9th, 2016, there's been a lot of turmoil in this country because the election didn't go the way the devil wanted it. And now they're not even masked anymore. It's in our government. We went through an expensive investigation. They couldn't find anything. You know, and now the, the prosecutor was, you know, well, I'm sorry. I know he committed a crime. I just couldn't find it. So you guys, maybe you can spend another 30 million and find it. But this is where we have to pull the rope. For our president, we have to pull the rope and put this nation back on. Because honestly, if he doesn't win 2020, we're we're done. Because you can hear it. I mean, when you've got a major presidential candidate calling the other side a basket of deplorables, you've got a problem. Because you know that they're not going to defend your rights because they don't like you. You know, when something goes wrong in this country and you've got people like Beto O'Rourke, I hope it's all right to name names from the pulpit. Is that okay? All right. He said it was okay. It's factual, sir. Saying, you know, thoughts and prayers just don't cut it anymore. Why not? Thoughts and prayers. I, I don't know about thoughts. Okay. I would go for at least the prayers do something if you hold on to the rope. But they're trying to discourage people from praying. That doesn't work with us. We are going to hold on to that rope. It says in Proverbs 11.11, By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. Do you know how blessed Aubrey is? 
I've lived in a couple of different places. I'm not a, like an expert, okay? But I've lived I've lived in a few places, like three in my adult life. And uh, Aubrey is a blessed city. It's a blessed city. The first place when I moved, I lived in Connecticut. I moved to Pittsfield, Massachusetts. I mean, you had to live there 20 years before you were accepted by them. Because you were an outsider. You were always an outsider. It didn't matter unless you were born and raised there. Aubrey, it was like we came in like six months. It's like, hey, yeah, your family. You know, it didn't take long for people to open their arms and welcome. And this is our home. This is our community. This is where we live. We love this community. But the community is very welcoming and very open and very loving you know, but it's because of this proverb, by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. Aubrey's blessed because the upright live in this city. There's a lot of people in his city who pray and hold on to that rope and keep an eye on what's going on. A lot of people in Krugerville and Pilot Point, I'm assuming that's the same, but I can't say for sure because I don't have experience with that, but I do with Aubrey. But the blessing of the, uh, by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. That's why we hold on to that rope. That's why we pull back. And listen what it says to Proverbs 25.5. Take away the wicked from before the king, and his throne shall be established in righteousness. So our last scripture is 1 Timothy 2. And it's easier, well, next to the last. It's easier to live without turmoil. And how many of you, when you've had times of peace, isn't it better? Don't, wouldn't you rather live in peace? I mean, some people thrive on drama. I mean, I've got to, all right, I correct that. Some people love drama. I do not like drama. If it looks like something that's going to cause drama, I don't want any part of it. Because I don't like that. I don't like the high anxiety of it. I don't like the whispers behind the back. And did you? I don't like that stuff at all. I like peace. And I will do everything in my power to have peace. Because I like it. I like having peace in my home. And if it's my attitude that's got to change, I will change my attitude. Because I have caught myself several times wanting to pout because I didn't get my own way. And it's like, okay, you know what? This is your attitude. You can change it. You can change it. But I'm at the stage of my Christian growth where I can recognize when I'm pouting and I can change it. I don't have to. It doesn't take me like days on end in a pout anymore. I can pretty well within like an hour or so change, adjust my attitude. But it's easier, the point is, it's easier to live in peace than turmoil. And God knows that. Admittedly, when the church was persecuted, it grew. But why can't the church grow when it's not being persecuted? I mean, I don't know. I, you know, maybe there's some formula there that I don't know. I wasn't good with algebra. So maybe, you know, maybe X is the turmoil. I don't think so. But I think God wants us to live in peace because God is peace. 
But we live in this world and we live on that cord that, that we have to constantly pull at. So in First Timothy 2, it says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. All right. So I know that now for sure. Now I don't have to wonder. Because it says it right there, that we may all live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Why? Because as it is in heaven, so shall it be in earth. Earth isn't full of turmoil and hatred and strife and backbiting. Amen? So we know, we can see right there that God wants us to live in peaceableness. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. He doesn't like turmoil any more than we do. I'm sure when he looks down at our country, he doesn't like what's going on. Even though he sees it, he says it sits on, he sits on the throne and he laughs at his enemies. You know, it always reminds me of the roadrunner and Wiley Coyote. You know, it's every, everything. And, and what a shame that, that kids can't watch that anymore because it's too violent. And yet they can watch all these other things of blowing up cars and shooting people and everything, but the roadrunner is too violent. Every every scheme that the roadrunner came up against, he he was he had triumph over it. And the coyote he'd get blown up and he'd think he got him this time and never got him. So not verse number four. Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. See, that's what, if you're in peace, it's a whole lot easier to be a witness to people. Because you're not fighting with them. I mean, you can't even, if people are really hardcore leftists, you cannot even reason with them. It's going to take that prayer and then it's going to take wisdom to know what to say and when to say it. Because their mind is made up, their heels are dug in and they're not going to move. You know, if you say that you like Donald Trump, that that's it. You know, you're a racist, a bigot, a homophobe, transphobe, you know, whatever other misogynist, you know, whatever name they can throw at you because you like the president and the conversation's over. So you can't you can't even reason with them. But it says who will have all men to be saved and to come to unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one meteor between God and that and men and that man, Christ Jesus. They want to take Jesus out of everything. You know, don't say, can't pray. We In Pennsylvania, that this woman prayed. She was a spirit-filled Christian, prayed a beautiful prayer during the opening of the Pennsylvania State Legislature. Legislature. And the Muslims in the room complained, and they wanted her to apologize. But what the news didn't show was the prayer that the Muslims had before the Christian came up and prayed. But see, this is what is happening in the culture, is we're being overtaken. And we have to be open, and we have to be wise to it. And I'm not saying all Muslims are bad. That's not what I said. But we have to be wise because they're trying to get us into our church and you just worship your God in your church and that's fine for you, but don't tell me about it. 
in places you can't even, they're outlawing, telling homosexuals that they can change. California, you can't, there's um, a ministry that was doing conversion therapy. Well, they can't do that anymore because that's, that's violating their rights because it's obvious that homosexuals were born that way. So you can't, you know, you're, you're being a homophobe if you tell people that they can have freedom in Christ. So we have to use wisdom and we have to pull on that rope even more so that some of these things can change. And it's not going to change with the law. You know how it changes? It changes one person at a time. Because if that little girl goes in to have an abortion and she changes her mind... And the next one changes their mind. And the next one, that's how you stop abortion, is you change the mind of the people that are going in to have them. That's why on my Facebook feed, people must get so sick of it. I always, you know, post, this is what happens to a baby when they're aborted. Because my prayer is that people that don't believe it are going to one day just look at that and see what happens and see that it's a real baby in there. But you can change one person at a time. It's Then if, if you change it one person at a time, you won't need an abortion clinic because people won't want one because they'll understand it. But it's going to take prayer. It's going to take staying on that rope of prayer. Okay, where were we? For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, that man Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle, I speak the truth in Christ, and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. I would that men pray everywhere. Amen. He wants us to pray. He wants us to get a vision of us tugging on that rope, joining that rope so we can pull that culture back into alignment with what the Bible says and take it out of the hands of the devil. Because he's got the right to be there. He's got the dominion. He's got. But God gave us the authority over him. But every time we let him take it. He takes the authority. We don't need him taking the authority that God gave us. I just said he had the dominion. That's wrong. We have the dominion. He just takes it when we let go of the rope because we don't see anything happening. And it's like, well, you know, if that's what they want to do, just let them go do it. Well, let's pray because we have we have that ability to change things when people don't even know. Somebody had to pray for Saul of Tarsus. And that guy was a wicked man. Amen? Somebody had to be praying for him. That doesn't just happen. Never made mention of it outside of Stephen when he was being stoned. He said, Father, forgive them. Somebody had to pray for him. And you look at these these politicians. Man, oh man. you got to say they are reprobate people. They're just... They're off the wall. But somebody's got to pray for them. We don't know what prayer would do if we really saw and got down to business of praying. We don't know what prayer would do. Our country, we're sitting there right now on a tipping point where I believe it can be changed. But we're still running out of time. 
Amen. And I don't mean tonight. I saw somebody looking at their watch. We're okay. Um, Isaiah 26. This is one of my favorite scriptures. I get out of water aerobics about 1120. And I'm right on 820 a.m. because I want to hear Rush and I want to hear what he says because he said Rush Limbaugh. I love him because he settles me because he explains things because the other part of not only praying, but it's understanding so you can explain to people why something and I'm not smart enough to explain a lot of things. So I listen to people who are smart enough to explain about government and why things are. So I love listening to him because he calms me down when I'm upset about politics and he'll explain stuff. And then I have to pray that I get calmed down because you don't want to pray from a place of anger. You always want to pray from a place of peace. Amen. And it says in, in Isaiah 26, it says in chap, in verse 3, it says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. If we keep our mind on Christ, then we're not going to get, if you've ever gotten into an argument with somebody whose heels are dug in, you know what a fruitless endeavor that is. You can't argue with a fool. And if you stay in perfect peace, then you, God can tell you what to do. He might tell you to walk away, even if it's just for a season, to walk away. Because why? Because you have to pray more, pull on that rope more. Amen? Or he might give you a word of wisdom to say, even though they may not receive it right now. Remember, our words are seeds. And so you're going to plant the seed. And then you're going to go walk away, pull that rope, and water that seed with prayer. It says, trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. For he bringeth down them that dwell on high, the lofty city. He lay it low. He lay it low, even to the ground. He bring it even to the dust. So prayer changes things. Amen. We need to get, we've got prayer at five o'clock at night on Wednesday. And I'd like to see us if we could do another time, Sister Claudine. I don't know. I don't want to put any pressure. But um, I'd, I'd like to see some other times put up so when people can can come in and pray. Because we need prayer and we need that agreement. Because the more we agree, the, the solider our foundation is, the more solid it is. I mean, when you think about this generation and they said, don't even think about when you're because I, I look at church marketing, I, I'm looking at everything a lot of time. My mind is, I don't know if you ever looked into my mind, you'd probably run away screaming. But I, I look at different things at different times. And one of the things I look at is, you know, marketing for churches. I don't believe any of it because I believe that God guides us. But I like to have some knowledge anyways to know what I'm talking about or what I'm into. And they said, um... You know, inviting this generation to church on Christmas and Easter isn't working because a lot of these people have not even go, they don't go to church. They've never gone to church. So we're inviting people to church and it's like, what's church? You know, why, why do we need to go? 
So we have to have a different tactic than what used to work. What is it? I don't know. We have to pull on this rope to find out what the what the tactic is. But there is, God has got a strategy to reach this generation. And we're going to find it, but we're going to find it in prayer. Amen. So they asked us, I love Franklin Graham. I think he's a very, very godly man. And what we've done is we've, we've got a packet for each of you to take home. So you can pray this at home, too. Amen. And it's got a, I just apologize for one of the pages. One of this is um, what to pray. And it, it's, it's got some good scriptures and good ideas to pray for our country. And you don't have to be dogmatic about it. I mean, obviously, it's just a um, thing. But it's got a, in this packet, it's Intercessors of America, the top U.S. officials. It's got all the names of the cabinet members. And the, the, the problem is the type is like this, okay? And the ant is probably bigger than the type. And that's going to be a, a, a terrible frustration for some of you that are having problems with your eyes. You're not going to be able to see it. So I apologize for that. And if we get some time, I may blow it up later and just make it a little bit bigger. But it is just like teeny tiny type. So if you've got a magnifying glass or maybe you already know all the cabinet members and you don't even need that, which would be great, too. But um, it's got the cabinet members that you can pray for. You can, you know, however you decide to use it. But you've got it here and, and we'll put it at the um, we'll, we'll pass them out at the end. But uh, and it's also on um, online, so you can get it online if you like, if you don't mind reading on a computer. Or you can print it out bigger, do what you want to do. But it's just a resource for prayer because I believe that we can change this nation by prayer. Amen. So this is what they've done, Intercessors of America, and I'm going to read it. And this is a prayer. So if you want to bow your head or you want to follow along on the screens, if you can see it, I don't know how. If you can read that, I don't know. I can't tell. But we put it up there just in, just for, I guess, just for fun of it because we can do it and the screens are there. I don't know why we put it up there. But um, maybe we should pass them out, honey. And you can probably follow along better. Thanks. This is such an easy church to minister in, and it's such a, um, I just wanted to say it's a privilege to be able to stand behind the pulpit and minister at this church. Because things like that, it's just not, um, you know, we, we can take time to pass things out or, you know, if, if the scripture isn't up there just right or if something isn't right, it's not like going to rock anybody's day. So I don't know, should we read it all together or should we read it? She just want me to read it, which is better. Probably, I don't know. Huh? Okay. All right. So all right. does everybody have one? Okay. It says, Heavenly Father, we come today as the body of Christ in this nation to lift up our president, Donald J. Trump. As many voices rise up against this one you have set in 
offers, we lift up our voices with one heart and mind to stand in agreement with heaven's purposes concerning our nation. We stand by this president who has declared this nation to be under God's rule and authority and seek righteousness and justice for our nation. We welcome and embrace the fear of the Lord as the standard for all righteous rule and repent for the ways in which we have bowed to the fear of man. Cleanse our hearts, renew our minds, that we may walk in the light of your truth. We ask that President Trump would delight in the fear of the Lord in order to walk in the power of your might and the wisdom of your ways. May righteousness and faithfulness be his portion so that he may render righteous judgments according to your word. We ask that President Trump would show no fear toward the evil that assails him, but rather overcome it with a zeal and passion for your laws which bring life and liberty to all. May he love your word and seek your wisdom diligently, remaining open and teachable to godly counsel and heaven's wisdom. We thank you that his heart is in your hands and that you will direct it according to your will and purpose. Grant him increased grace and blessing as he heeds your voice and obeys your word. We declare over President Trump that he will have true judgments by the Spirit and not according to man. We declare that he will possess heaven's knowledge with shrewdness of mind in making right decisions for the good of the people. Fill his mouth with good things that he may speak what is true and right. We pray that he will use his God-given authority to execute justice and establish righteousness in this land for the sake of your glory and kingdom. We declare that he will rule in the midst of his enemies, not backing down or wavering due to threats or intimidation. May his ears become deaf to the assaults from his enemies, and may those who seek his life answer to you for their wicked ways. May he know that it is your hand and your sovereign purpose that is keeping him and sustaining him in his divine commission. Keep President Trump and those who serve him safe from the enemy's snares and free from the accuser's traps. By your great hand, Lord, deal with those who oppose righteousness and justice so that all men will know it is you alone who is sovereign and true. May the fire of your presence burn up all your enemies and consume all those who stand against you concerning our destiny and our inheritance as one nation under God. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers and empowering us as kingdom ambassadors on the earth. From the highest office in the land to the least known among men, may we, seek no, may we all seek to know you more intimately, serve you more passionately, and praise you more fully so that all men will be saved. Through the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 You know, I was just thinking, back in the 70s and the early 80s, there was a man that God raised up, and I can't think of his name right off, but where they would uh, go to cities that were um, infiltrated by the by the power of God, uh, I mean, by, infiltrated by uh, enemy and, and, you know, all of the drug scene and everything. And uh, they were just, uh, uh, you know, uh, but they, 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 they got a group of people together, Christians, believers, spirit-filled believers. And they would literally march around those cities. Now, I don't know if they marched off in one day on some of the cities, but they, they did a vigil and they, they prayed against the powers of darkness. 
And there was revival that came to those cities back in the 70s and 80s. I don't know if y'all, y'all remember that, some of you? Do you remember hearing about that? Greg Laurie, an evangelist, he's probably my age now, you know, but I remember when he got started having crusades and meetings, and he still has those meetings. He filled the big Dallas Cowboy Stadium. And it went worldwide on by video or television, satellite TV and all of that and around the world and around the nation. And churches opened up their doors and people came there, not counting the hundred thousand or whatever was in the stadium, you know. But he's still going. God still has his people. I said, God still has his people. God still has his remnant. <laughs> and that what God told Elijah? He said, why are you sitting here crying? He said, get over there. He said, there's 7,000 that have not bowed their knee to Baal yet. And there's one of them that's going to be your successor. His name's Elisha. And you're going to lay the mantle upon him. Praise God. But, you know, we don't have to give up. We're not going to give up. Because God's on our side. Amen. And if God be for us, who can be against us? There's power. One will put a 1,000 to flight. Two will put 10,000 to flight. She's talking about that rope. If you got more and more attached to that rope, praying in the Spirit. One will put 1,000. Two put 10,000. Three will put whatever the deal is. By the time you get 100, you've got a million or so that you're putting to flight. The devil's no match. That's what Paul said in Ephesians, the sixth chapter. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. He said, put on the whole armor of God that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. And let's go in and just, you know, how many ever noticed that the armor is only for the front part? You don't have no protection for the back part. But it's only for the front part. And God's people need to go forward. Amen. And I don't know, do you know that song, Sister um, Dor- um, Doris, Doris, you may know it too, Paula. Um, mine, eye, mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the... Do you know that, Sister Francis? Do you know it, Sister Paula? I mean, Sister, Sister, <laughs> Paul, <laughs> Claudine. <laughs> I'm going to get everybody mixed up here in a minute. Is Harold said, just don't call me late for dinner, you know. <laughs> oh, it's in what book? Battle Hymn of the Republic. We're, we're going to do that tonight, amen? The Battle Hymn of, you know that one, Sister Claudine? The Battle Hymn of the Republic? Come on up. Praise God. Come on up. Sister Francis, come on up here and get a microphone and help me, would you? Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, there we go. Listen, 307, is that in what book? The regular book? Is it out there? Do you all have the regular book out there? Yeah. Oh, my, my eyes, my eyes have seen the glory See? I guess it would be. Is that too low, maybe? Okay. 
Oh, my, mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He has loosed the faithful lightning of His terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Well, glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. All, let's do that verse one more time. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He has loosed the faithful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. That's ringing. Well, glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. That's in this book. This book. 307. What book is that? Is that the... It's the red book. Y'all got the red book out there? Church hymnal? Is that where it's at? 307. Let's do it one more time. Praise God. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Wait, wait. What'd you say? What'd you say? What page is it? 307. Okay. Hallelujah. Battle Hymn of the Republic. You got it? 229. 229. Okay, it's 229 in the red book. <laughs> Hallelujah. 229. We'll blame this on Sherry. She she printed it out from another book. <laughs> Go ahead and lead us, sister. Same song. Huh? Battle Hymn of the Republic. That's a different song. Oh, it's a different we song? Can sing, we can here, sing it here. Oh, okay. Yeah, just lead us out in it. We'll get you on the course. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage worth. Grapes of wrath or sword. He has loosed the faithful lighting of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Everybody. Well, glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. I've seen him in the watchfires of the hundred circling camps. They have built him an altar in the evening dews and damp. Can read his righteousness by his tent. His truth is marching on. Everybody. Well, it's glory, glory, hallelujah. 
glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. He has sounded forth the trump that shall never shall retreat. At the hearts of men before his judgment seat. Always with my soul to answer. Jubilant my feet. His truth is marching on. Oh, glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. In the beauty of the lilies, Christ was born across the sea with the glory of his bosom that transfigured you and me. As he died to make men holy, let us die to make men free, for God is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. You know, as you drive around Aubrey, or wherever you live in that area. Maybe it's Pilot Point where you live, wherever it is. You can drive. If you can't walk, you can drive around. And you can just reclaim. Reclaim every street. Reclaim every portion of this city for the Lord. The devil has no right to it. Satan has no right to it. He was defeated 2,000 years ago. Victory's ours. If we really get the revelation of the power of God and the power of intercessory prayer and the power of agreement and the power of pulling that rope together, I'll tell you what, every demon in hell has to let go. i tell you, look, we can have a revival before the coming of the Lord. <laughs> we can have a mighty move of God before the coming of the Lord. Brother Clarence, just today I made the statement that there is enough sinners. This town is mm. full of backslidden people. Mm-hmm. There is enough that every church in this town are to be full. Every church. They should not. They, we're go, all going to the same place. Every yeah. church yes. should be filled. Yes. And I believe that. I went to a place in Oceanside, California, and I was holding a children's crusade there. We had over 300 children come to that crusade. But the preacher done exactly what you said. And there's a street called Hill Street. If you've ever been in Oceanside, California, you know what Hill Street is. It's a street where prostitutes stands out on the corner, and I've never seen anything like this, and hold up signs, sales. This is awful. 
And he said, I marched down that street and I boldly proclaimed it for the gospel. I'd like to know what happened. But I know one thing. Satan is not God, is not stronger than God. Hallelujah. He's not. He's defeated. Amen. He is always yes. in control. Yes. And I know one thing. If we will get on our faces before God, seek His face, mm. we can see this church full yes. running over. The devil has tried to destroy, and I'll say that, Pentecost in Arbury, Texas. Yes. But he can't do it. Hallelujah. He cannot do Amen. it. Folks, I've seen this church full of people. I've seen people shouting everywhere. Yes. You have, Brother Alex. You yes. know what I'm talking about. Yes. And it can happen again yes. and again and again. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. Well, let's stand our feet one more time. Well, glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. And we serve notice on the devil that from this day forth, every time we drive down a street in our city, we're reclaiming it for the Lord. There's no reason the devil has to keep them. The devil cannot keep our kids. He can't keep our grandkids, our great-grandkids, our soon-to-be grandkids. The devil can't have them because God's people is going to stand up. How many ready to stand up? I mean, how many really ready to... Sometimes you got to get militant in your spirit. Now, I'm not talking about going out here and hitting people on the head or nothing like that. But I'm talking about getting militant in the Holy Ghost and doing it in the spirit realm, pulling down strongholds and allowing God's power to manifest. Hallelujah. Well, I believe it, don't you? How many glad you came tonight? Give the Lord a hand. Praise God. Glory to God. We'll see you Wednesday night. Five o'clock if you can make it. Hallelujah. Praise God. God bless you. Amen.